That was just a little bit uh, of the work that we were doing last week, partnering with Alaska Missions, a group of us that went up there uh, to join with them in the work that they're doing year-round, trying to reach that state and the people there. And let me ask you this question. It's going to sound really intense, okay? What's your mission? You ever, you ever thought about that? What's, what's my mission? What is your miss, mission? That's uh, one of those phrases that, it, I mean, it sounds really intense when you think about it like that. Maybe you get, you know, Mission Impossible theme going in your head and um, all kinds of things starting to, starting to go up. And maybe you get a little ramped up when you think about that. And uh, the idea of missions sometimes is uh, something that has this um, aura about it that sometimes intimidates people or whatever. But let me just say this pretty simply. Uh, all of our mission is, is pretty simple. We, we see what God is doing and we join him in his work. That's what we all should be doing. We see the things that God is doing and we join him in his work. Now that's a pretty incredible thought when you think about this, that God actually invites us to join with him in the work that he is doing. But there's a word in that phrase that also bothers us sometimes, that little four-letter word work, right? We don't think about our faith as having work attached to it. And a lot of times in our culture and in the way things have been presented to us, uh, maybe about faith, we, we kind of put that in an area of our brain where we think, well, my faith is just this stuff that I believe, right? It's just these thoughts that I have. It's this these ideas that formulate in my head, and I read, and I study, and, and I figure things out, and, and it's all kind of in here, and it's all kind of in here, and, and that's really what my faith is. But the truth of what we see in Scripture is that Jesus continually invites us to follow him, and when we're going to follow Christ, then one would assume that if we're following him, then we're going to begin to do the things that he was doing, right? Wouldn't that make sense? That if Jesus says, hey, come follow me, come join me, then we're going to start doing the things that Jesus is doing. So let me ask you this question this morning. What kind of effort is required of my faith? Have you ever stopped to think about that? What kind of effort am I putting in to my faith? What kind of effort am I exerting as I live out my faith? Because I wholeheartedly believe that there are many, many people who profess a faith in Jesus Christ that are missing out on the fullness of life that God intends for them because they simply keep it as a belief and not as an effort where they are living it out, when they are doing their, their work of the faith, where they are following Jesus and doing the work alongside him. You see, missions is, is incredibly simple in that aspect, that God is at work. And here's a hint. He's not just at work in Weatherford, right? Amen? He's at work all over the world. He's at work in places that you wouldn't think that he's at work. And he's doing things that you wouldn't believe until you get out of this place and go see that he's doing them. And then it begins to change your perspective on these things. And so I know that not everybody gets excited about hopping on a snow machine at 16 below and driving out to the middle of the woods to serve uh, the Lord in, in that way. But I did, and I had a blast doing it, just to let you know. And, and God has wired some of us with different aspects. You're like, you know, you might be going, okay, pastor, call me to the beach, okay? I'm, I'm good with beach ministry or something or around the world. Some people I've known that are just, 
You know, they're scared about leaving the country. There's plenty of work to do here. They're scared. And some people are like, give me a passport and send me out. You know, that's it. But I want to talk to you today about what, what my mission is and how I can get on board with what God is doing and, and live out this simple truth that God is at work and he invites us to join him in it. And I want to show you, first of all, this passage in Ephesians chapter 4. It's in verse 11 because here's the thing that happened to me last week. It happens every time that I go and I begin to work with people and around people. And I don't know about you. Maybe, maybe you're different. Maybe God just wired my brain a little weird. As I sit back and I look at all the work that is happening and I look at other people who have talents and gifts and abilities and experiences that I don't have and it causes some insecurity to rise up, like why am I here? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what my purpose is here, but I see what all these other people are doing. And maybe sometimes people look at a distance and they think, I can't believe what God would do with that person, but I don't know that he would ever use me uh, to do this or not. I, I made a new friend last week that met everybody, and I sat eight hours on a plane beside people. I don't know their name. You know what I mean? I don't have that uh, uh, gift and ability. It makes me think, did I waste my time, you know, here? And I think that some people look at missions that way. Some people look at it and go, I could never... I could never do that, but the truth is God has invited each and every one of us to be a part of his work, and it's just the simple truth of saying, I want to I join Jesus in what he's doing. And here's something that I think will help us out. Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 11, it says this, And he himself, talking about Jesus, he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers, equipping the saints for the, what's that word? Oh, y'all said it so excitedly. <laughs> work. Equipping the saints for the work of ministry to build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, growing into maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. Then we will no longer be children tossed by the waves and be blown around by every wind of teaching, by human cunning, with cleverness in the techniques of deceit. But speaking the truth in love, let us grow in every way into him who is the head, Christ. From him, the whole body, fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament, promotes the growth of the body for building up itself in love by the proper working of each individual part. You have pastoral permission to write in your Bible and underline that proper working of each individual part. There's something we need to understand. I'll work my way backwards through this verse here. If, not, if each individual part isn't doing what they should be doing, then the whole is not working as it should be. And God has invited each one of us to do our part and even though you may look at things that people are doing and go, I don't know that I, I could do that. I don't know that I'm called to that. I don't know that I understand that. There is something that God has for you to do, and he invites each and every one of us to join him in his work. Everybody do this with me. Take a deep breath and let it out. If you just did that, you can do something. God's going to call us to do things as long as we're here on this planet and we can serve him from this way. Here's what this, this passage is really telling me. The first thing that I see here is that each one of us have a little bit different experience, different talent, different gifts, and different abilities. I, I don't need to look around at other people at gifts and abilities that I don't have 
and equate that to I can't do anything. I need to understand that I actually have a part in this. And my part joined with their part, joined with their part, joined with their part actually gets a lot done. And if I just look at what somebody else is doing and go, I can't do that, so I'm going to do nothing, then we're missing out on what everything that God could be leading us to do. And so we see in here, Jesus himself has given each one of us different talents and gifts and abilities and skills and experiences in life and understanding and knowledge. And, and he wants to use all of those things and invites us to join him in his work. And here's why he tells us to do that. Verse 12 says, it's to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. You see, you might not think it sounds very exciting, but the truth is God calls us and invites us to be his children and followers in Christ so that we can join him in his work. Because when we join him in his work, our life begins to have meaning and purpose like never before. And it's something that's much bigger than just trying to live for myself. All the way back in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 28, God tells us that we were created in his image and that all the things that he's created, we're as, as human beings, we're supposed to go out and subdue the earth. We're supposed to go and do the work of God and, and, and be over these things and live our life seeing and experiencing and partnering with other people and living to the fullness in that way. You see, I have an unwavering belief that if God's word says it, he's leading me to life that can only happen if I'm following him. And culture wants to convince us that life is all about self, but what God's word continues to, to speak to me over and over and over is that we get everything that we need for ourselves from our relationship with God. And then God gives me everything that I need so that I can live life to the fullest by living in relationship with one another and doing the work that he's called me to do. Not just storing up things for myself, but doing the work that helps equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. He goes on to say that when we're living this way, we'll no longer be little children. I love that. Tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching. Now, pardon me if I step on somebody's toes with this, but you, do you know those people that just sit around and read everything and, well, this person believes this and this person thinks this. Well, I don't know if I should follow this person or I don't know if I should do this or I don't know what I would believe. I just want to look at them sometimes and go, well, what are you doing? Are you doing anything? Well, no, I'm just sitting here trying to figure all this out. And, and, and the truth is what this passage right here is saying is that God has equipped us to join him in his work and to go do this. And he goes on to say that then we will no longer be little children tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching, by human cunning with cleverness in the techniques of deceit. He says that when we actually get to work, when we're following him and actually doing and living out the things that he's created us to do, then God's word becomes illuminated in our minds and in our hearts as we live it out. Sitting at a distance just trying to study it and figure it out. Not that that's bad. It's good to gain that knowledge. But you want to see it come to life, then go out there and start living it out. Go on mission and start sharing it with people. Go on mission and start living out the things that God has called you to do. But before we get into that, I have one little disclaimer. You can't possibly go out on mission and be successful unless you first are at peace with who you are. You see, before you can find your mission, you have to find yourself. And, and, and truly finding yourself comes in finding yourself in Christ. You have to know who you are and find life in that. You don't find life, and this is good news for some people, you don't find life by just simply looking at your past and adding it all together. 
and saying, well, here's the sum of my life. This is who I am. Because praise the Lord, my past has things in it that if I add up, leave me falling way short of the person that I want to be. But the hope that comes in knowing Jesus Christ is that he takes us as imperfect sinners and he offers us a path to life. A life that goes beyond what we can do of just focusing in and on ourselves. And he allows us to come into a knowledge and a saving faith in him through his grace. Not by our works. And that's why I want to pause here for just a minute and say, we don't go on mission and work to earn God's respect. We don't go on work and on mission to earn God's love. We only go on work and on mission in our life when we realize that God has given me everything that I need and I am so abundantly blessed that everything that I do for others comes out of an overflow of what I realize God has already done for me. If you get that wrong, then just think about this logically for just a minute. If you begin to understand missions as, well, I gotta go do this so that I can, that I can you know, earn my faith or so that I can feel like I'm doing something, that I can feel worthwhile. If you don't already feel worthwhile, missions is not gonna help you feel worthwhile. It's gonna be a fleeting and temporary thing that's gonna wear you out. And when the work is not there for you to do, then what's left? You're just gonna feel worthless. You see, God alone is enough. Say that with me, God alone is enough. Say it with me again like you mean it. God alone is enough. God alone is enough. That's it. Jesus Christ came so that we can have life. And we can have life abundantly. He's very clear about that in John 10.10. He came so that we can have life that goes beyond what we possibly dream or imagine. And then he invites us into his work. He doesn't require us into his work to find life. He invites us to find life by joining him in his work. It's why I also believe that there are many people who I know who have a faith and a belief in Christ, but their faith is stagnant and and it's kind of boring and it's kind of redundant. And I tell people this all the time. There's two things that you can do if you feel like your faith is kind of stagnant and boring. Two things that will absolutely change your faith. The first thing is is you get to work somewhere. You go find somewhere to serve. We're going to talk about that here in a minute. You find a place to serve and then your faith gets exciting because you're actually living it out. And the second thing, and hear me on this, if you think your faith is boring, don't come to church by yourself. You go, well, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it does. Because when you start sitting by somebody who you've invited and brought to church and you start seeing God's work through their eyes and the questions that they ask you and the things that they're beginning to learn, your faith gets real exciting all of a sudden. Because if not, you're just sitting and and let's just be honest, some of us, it's a routine. And some of us, that routine's been going a long time. I'm old, some of you are twice as old as I am. So I'd tell you that, right? And if we're not careful, we can get in this routine where we just think that, oh, well, this is, this is what this life means. No, God's invited me into this work. And, and when I join him in his work and bring others along in this work, then it stays fresh and it stays exciting because it's always new. And so God invites us to join him in his work. You see, loving God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength, the greatest commandment is, is what you get for yourself. We get all of God when we give him all of ourselves. And then... We get to go on mission to share that love with others. We get to love our neighbor as ourselves. You alone are not enough to accomplish that mission. You are not everything. God designed each one of us 
to work together in accomplishing his call. One of the things I love about mission trips and was reminded last week is I'm not good at everything. But I see a lot of people who are good at a lot of things and I'm reminded I don't have to do it all. And I'm reminded that God's at work and I'm reminded that I get to be a part of this team and it's awesome when we do that. And so we need to understand that followers of Jesus, we should join together to work effectively. Followers of Jesus come together to work effectively. We're not the Lone Ranger out there trying to do everything. We need to appreciate and come in unison with others to get God's work done. And this is right in line with what God gives us in his creation design. When we're commissioned to go out and live the life that he has for us, God created us to do something. And we see our life potential come to fruition as we do that work. So disclaimer over. But I just want to tell you, doing missions is not a path to life. Doing missions is something you do because you've found life and you want to share it with someone else. If we get caught in that other cycle, it's just a way that we're trying to, to find satisfaction in our own heart and life to check some boxes so that we can say, hey, look at me, I did something. But no, God gives us everything that we need and then he invites us to join him in his work. And then as we join him in his work, we find life. But I want to talk to you for just a little bit about how we find this mission then that God has for me. Pastor, if you're telling me that God's created, you know, some to be pastors, some to be apostles, some to be evangelists, some to be different things, and we have different gifts and different ways of doing things, well, how do I find out where I fit? And how do I find out what God's done for me? Let me tell you the first one. The first place you start is here. You start at home. Start at home. Can I just be honest with you? Sometimes it's easier to get in a plane and fly halfway around the world to live out your faith than it is to live it out in your own living room. But if you can't live it out in your own living room, then you really shouldn't be flying halfway around the world to try to live it out in front of someone else. And so we really need to start with missions is right at home. And, and living it out at home with those people who know you best. You know who else was on the mission trip last week? My sister. Just kidding. I love my sister, but she knows every reason why I have no business being your pastor. Can I just tell you that? Okay. And so if I can't live out my faith around my own family, then I shouldn't be willing to go halfway around the world and live it out. But there's just truth to this. We've got to start at home. If we want to get missions right, it starts by by understanding who you are in Christ and then learning to live out and be invited into God's work right in your own home. Look at what Paul writes to Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 5. Let me give you some context before I read this. Paul is writing some, some of his last words to Timothy as Timothy's preparing to pastor the church in Ephesus. And so he's writing to Timothy and he's giving him all this advice about how to run the church and what all he's going to run into and how to deal with all the things that are going on. And look at what he says specifically in chapter 5, starting in verse 3. He says, give proper recognition to those widows who, really, who are really in need. But if a widow has children or grandchildren... These should learn, first of all, to put their religion into practice by caring for their own family. And so repaying their parents and grandparents for this is pleasing to God. Now, there's lots of ways you can do that. I'm not trying to pile guilt on anybody today. 
I'm just trying to say that we have a biblical example here of saying that it starts at home. Living out my faith, it's not all the church's responsibility to do everything. And so Paul's trying to tell Timothy, hey, as a church, you're going to want to do this and you're going to do that. But look, what you need to do is teach people to live their faith out at home. If there's a need in their family and their family can take care of it, have the family take care of it. And don't pile all this stuff onto the church to take care of. Because there are plenty of people who don't have families who can take care of it, that the church will be doing that work as well. It's not exclusive, but he's just giving Timothy advice. This has to start at home. And so you take that context and you understand that my mission begins at home, living my faith out at home, pouring myself out and serving others in my home. That's where it starts. Even with those people who know everything about me, even with the people who've been through all the ups and all the downs and all the bumps and all the bruises with me, that's where it starts. And that's where our faith is really developed. That's where we have this foundation that's built. And I just want to encourage you as parents and as kids and as everybody, you understand this. At best, you're at church with us maybe 100 hours a year. But at home, oh my goodness, that's where we're going to live this stuff out. That's where we're going to find out what our faith is made of. That's where we're going to have opportunities to begin. And again, like I said, sometimes it's easier to get in a plane and fly halfway around the world. But listen to me. Sometimes it's easy to do that because we're being something that we're not. And that's never good. We live in a society that has enough of that already. It's called Facebook, okay? And everything else with that. We don't need to be that. We need to be genuine. We need to be true. We need to have integrity. Do the hard work. And live it out at home, and then God will bless that and invite you to do that in other places. So the second step, I say, in missions, once you get it right at home, is this. Find a position of service at church. Yeah, this is blatant self-advertising, but I don't care. Because it's true. Because this should be a training ground. This should be a place, hear me, our mission as a church, First Baptist Church, will be a place where people discover that they're fully known and fully loved by God. That's what we want to do. That word discover is very important to me. It's very important to our church. You get to discover who you are. You get to discover what you're good at. You get to discover what you're not good at. And I'll just tell on myself some. I, I, through serving in the church, have discovered many things that I'm not good at. And, and it's just the truth. I used to, I served one church for a while that every staff member had to have a rotation to do children's church. I discovered I'm not good at children's church. I'm just not. I was youth minister for forever. You know, give me with adults, give me with teenagers, give me, but with the kids, I don't know, man. There's just something. And so I was trying to figure out a way to do this, and I would, here's what I did. Every time it came to my rotation, I was like, okay, we're going to watch this video. And here's what, here's what helped me realize that this isn't my good thing to do. All the kids are coming into children's church, and they're excited, and there's this little girl. She comes around the corner, and she sees me. She goes, we're watching a video today, aren't we? <laughs> you know, right there. And I just discovered, I mean, man, I'll, I'll do anything else other than this. I'm just, just not good at it. You know, and there's, so there's so many ways, but I was willing to try. I was willing to give it the effort. I was willing to learn. And I'm comfortable sitting here saying I'm, I'm not the best at it. Now, if God puts me in a position where I need to do it for a little while, certainly I'll do that. You know, we all have those seasons and things like that, but we begin to discover who we are by finding a place to serve at the church. If you're just coming to church and, and just taking in but not finding a place to give out, then, then it's, you're missing out. 
Because when you actually find that place to serve at the church, man, then I promise you, you start to get up and go, man, I got to be there because I want to see this person. I want to help this person. I want to pour into this person. And it's not just, man, I hope hope that preacher gets it right today, and I hope they sing some songs I like, and I hope that that's not it anymore. It's I can't wait to get there because I can't wait to pour myself out. That's the life that Jesus invites us to. That's the life that we begin to have when it's not just pouring into ourselves, but it's pouring into others. And there's so many things that we can do to begin to discover how God has wired us and how he's created us and the gifts that we had. And like I said at first, don't get discouraged because you look at the person who has a million gifts and go, well, they got it all. They don't need me. That's not true at all. We have our place where we fit. And remember what that verse said at the very first? It it is with each individual part doing their work. When one individual part is not doing their work, then we are incomplete. And so finding that place to fit in a church and serve is so important. And let me just tell you a a, a clue about those of us who lead churches. We don't necessarily know where you fit either. And so sometimes you come to us and go, hey, where can I fit? And I go, "I I I don't know. So we're good with you trying things. We're good with failure. We're good at it, okay? I mean, we, we want to try things. We want to see what God is doing as he shapes us to do stuff. But, but don't just sit and observe. Find a place to serve. Look at what Galatians 5.13 says. Paul's writing, he says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. We're called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. What's he saying here? He's saying in Christ we are free. There are no rules. There's no regulations. Christ has made us free. We are free to choose the things that we're going to do. But he says the best way to use your freedom is not to focus your freedom on yourself and the things that you want to gain personally. The best way to use your freedom is to use it and leverage it to serve and love other people. And when you begin to use the freedom that God has given you, meaning that I don't do this out of obligation, I don't do this out of requirement, I don't do this because they need me, and if they didn't have me, oh, whoa, what situation would they be in? I do this because God invites me to join him in his work, and I love him, and I love people, and I want to find a place to serve. That's why we do it. That's the best way to use your freedom. And then I would encourage you, Ultimately, then as well, go on mission in your community and beyond. Now, we had some plans last year and then COVID. I'm tired of saying and then COVID, but it was true. Because even this trip was limited by the things we could and could not do based on being safe with the virus and the number of people we can be around. But things are beginning to open back up and we're able to start going again And we have mission partnerships here in town. We have mission partnerships in the state. We have mission partnerships in the nation. And we're growing mission mission partnerships all around the world. And we want you to be a part of them. You know, Matt and I were talking this last week. And I said, you know, wouldn't it be cool if every month we were sending out a mission team from our church to go somewhere? I mean, wouldn't it just, if we got in that rhythm where we're just, we're, we're going. We, we want to take what God is doing and we want to find out what he's doing in other places and we want him to use us. I mean, we're, we're working in that direction. But the only way that happens is when each individual is doing their part. And so I would invite you to start getting excited about what God may do with you and where he may send you and what you could see and what you could do. Jesus himself tells us in John chapter 14, these words, very truly I tell you, Whoever believes in me, 
will do the works I have been doing. Catch that? If I'm a follower of Jesus, then I'm going to do the things that Jesus was doing. Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. He goes on to say, and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. You see, God has created you to do things, to live out this faith that you have, to put it into practice. And when you do that, you begin to discover that God has shaped you and molded you in a way to do the things that only you can do it. And the truth is when you're not doing those things, then we're all missing out on this. And so I would just encourage you to find that life and accept that invitation that God gives us to join him in doing his work. Now here's the truth. One of us can't do it all. One cannot serve all. But all of us can serve at least one. Right? One person can't do it all. But all can serve at least one. And can I just ask you one other thing? Would you please hear this sermon for yourself? And not for your friend or your neighbor or everybody else that you think that you see their gifts that you think that they should be doing? I'm just going to go ahead and pastorally, lovingly tell you that's none of your business. Okay, amen. Because God's calling you to something, and he's not calling you to call someone else to something. I say it all the time. If you see something that you're burdened about, it's usually because God wants you to be burdened about it. Not because God wants you to burden others about it. He wants you to do something about that. God's created you to do these things. And we need to be careful about being the Holy Spirit for other people. But what I want to do is I want to invite everyone to say to God's Spirit, where are you leading me? What do you want me to do? And here's another truth. God's gifted some of you incredibly, and God's gifted some of us well. All right? And that's just the truth of it. I mean, that's just it. I went on a mission trip last week looking at people going, I can't do that. I can't do that. Oh, I can do this. Can't do that. And that's just it. But we can't sit back all the time being paralyzed by the things that we can't do. We have to realize that God has uniquely gifted and created you and placed you here and loves you and has something for you to do. And you're never going to find it sitting on the sidelines. So when you take that step of faith, not just to believe in Jesus, but to actually follow him and say, God, wherever you're leading, that's where I want to go. If you're working there, I want to join you in that work. Then you'll begin to see your faith come to life in a way that you never, ever have before. In Matthew chapter 9, Jesus teaches us this. He continued going around in all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every sickness. When he saw the crowds, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dejected like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. So that's where I just want to close this today. I want to invite you to join me in praying that God would send out workers into the harvest. And even further, I would invite you to pray, God, what work do you have for me to do in that harvest. And wherever God is leading you to do, then you just follow him. Don't wait for somebody to have to come and invite you. Don't wait for somebody to, to prompt you. You be the one that just says, God, I'm willing to do this. Help me find my spot to do this. Hear it for yourself. Live it for yourself today. And when you do, you'll find life and you'll find your faith just 
be so exciting like it never has before because you're actually living it out. And it's moved from something that's just in my head to something that's in my heart and it's in my actions. And you'll become an unstoppable force alongside God for his glory and for the good of others. Would you pray with me this morning?